Welcome to our next episode of Council of Voices. I'm Andrea, connecting with you from Freiburg in Germany. Today I'm sitting down with poet, musician, graphic artist and council trainer Rob Dreaming. Rob is originally from the UK and currently residing in Portugal. He's well connected worldwide to the Ways of Council Network and has been for many years locally active in the European Council Network. He's one of the co-founders of the Portuguese Way of Council Network and a true lover and builder of nourishing, sustainable communities. Rob, thank you for joining me today. One of our first voices on this podcast. And I'm really grateful uh, that you could make the time and that we could sit together today. We've thank known you. each other since 2013. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We met at a council training. Yeah. Stretching the memory. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, a council training with Gigi in on the Greek island Agina. That's correct, yeah. Um, well, let's just start off with the question, where are you at the moment? Can you give us well, a little bit of sense of the surroundings and what's present with you? Yeah, sure. Well, I have to say I'm very, it's very uh, fortunate at the moment that I'm uh, able to steward some land here in Portugal. I'm about seven kilometers away from the coast. I'm in the Serra, so, you know, we can see the sea from a high, high point here. It's 17 hectares of beautiful land, and there's a, a sort of ancient place that used to be visited by pilgrims, a waterfall, an ancient place where women used to come. Particularly. Not so good as surrounded by agroforestry of the eucalyptus uh, monoculture, but nevertheless, being here is a beautiful experience. Uh, a lot of peace, a lot of work to do, of course, on the land, and here to practice uh, many of the ways to, to connect with nature in a deep way. There's a lot of actually rocks and crystals in the land, which of course all also contribute to an amplification of the of the beauty here and the, the connection yeah mm. what is council for you ah well i suppose my immediate reply is it's for me a, a form of planetary consciousness what, what do i mean by that i mean that's like the big the big view of it. Uh, and if I zoom right in, it's it's simply sitting with, um, it's not only with other people, but uh, it can be with aspects of nature, as a tree or some water or something. It's, it's listening and expressing what is, what is, what needs to be said to be present and that, that serves. So for a group of people, um, it's really simply that, the practice of, uh, of expressing ourselves uh, in the present or with the present moment. Sometimes I refer to it as a, a social meditation in some ways. It's inclusive. It includes very much the place. The place where we sit is su super important. The beings and the, the energies there, the nature there, all has an influence uh, and importance on our sharing and our, our uh, what comes and it's also not just to exclude the fact that we can be in buildings of course each place has its 
unique influence. We're always prone to uh, influence from the outside, so it could be the noise of some traffic or a plane passing or a bee, a bumblebee coming into the, the, to the circle. So our environment is, is very present. And it's listening in between those sharings uh, to the spaces to also take in what has been said or what is present and listening to what wisdom or knowing comes out uh, from the collection of the collective of the, of the listening. Mm. And may, maybe to put it even more simply, it's uh, in the ancient times, of course, sitting around a, a fire, sharing stories, sharing stories from the day as a kind of oral tradition to know how we are, what what is happening in the environment, how uh, to move forward if we need to move our place, um, celebrate, do some rite of passage, some ceremonies, or simply just to let us to hear each other and uh, grow our relationship. So something about counsel for me. Beautiful. Do you still recall your first encounter with counsel? How did counsel find you? Find it? How did you find it? Yeah, um, well, that was a story. Uh, to be brief, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'd had uh, we'd had nine eleven, and as a result of that, a sort of slow impact from that, I, I started. Not only that, actually, it was a few other factors, but I started to become very feeling unsafe in the world and uh, depressed and uh, went through a very dark night of the soul. Came out the other side with uh, some very good help from a friend of mine who was a craniosacral therapist and had a, an inspiration one day. I realized that oh, I need to be I need to be out. I need to be of service to people. I need to have a holiday. I need to, you know, many, many things. So I kind of almost a list of things sort of came out of me. And the next day, by some miracle, a, a little envelope came through the door inviting me to a work camp in Greece. And I, I followed this through. I, I called the guy. He was very welcoming. It's very important. Um, and I eventually ended up in this beautiful environment, beautiful natural environment in, in the springtime. Everything was blossoming. I was with around 18 other people, all strangers, uh, and feeling very closed. And we sat in circle every day as our, as our way of beginning the work camp, uh, just sharing something of ourselves, our stories, for working together. And um, it, it worked. It was amazing. I, I could feel, oh, so this person, what I can hear this person is saying is, is the truth. I could feel it. Um, because I'd never met them before. I wouldn't know, but I could feel it somehow. And other people were sharing stories that connected me to my own story. And I thought, well, I'm not alone. And so the disconnection that depression brings, or the isolation, started to fade. And I started to feel uh, sort of welcome and more, more at home in a, in a kind of circle. And in the end, these people weren't strangers. They were, they were kind of human beings that had stories like mine in different ways and different phases of time. Uh, but I felt connected. And after around six weeks... Of sitting with this simplicity, I, I just felt so moved. It wasn't even a calculation on my part. I just left there, and I've got to do this. I've got to, it's 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 the way forward. And just offered it, started offering it to the groups that I was connected to back in the UK in 2002. So, yeah, maybe you can tell a little bit more about 
what happened uh, from there on after, um, because as I mentioned before, you are a council trainer. So how did that happen? Well, again, very briefly, <laughs> there are lots of stories in there. Um, yeah, I just continued with this, this kind of impulse, uh, sort of instinctive impulse even, mm. uh, which I now kind of consider to be a sort of vocation, an unex un unexpected one, let's say. Um, yeah, I just keep kept offering it. You have to do it. I have to do it. Uh, and um, after a while, organised a closed group. After about two years, I read the book Way of Counsel, which made a lot of sense to me because I'd already experienced much of it by doing. Then mm. after four years, I had a a, a little training uh, in the UK, two or three days. And then after eight years, I started meeting the, the elders from the Ojai Foundation or, and um, California, those who'd been there in the early days with council, this particular thread of council, way of council. And the, the wonderful thing to me was that ah, I, what they were saying and the way they were doing things was very in, or I was in alignment very much with these things. I didn't find myself off course in some field in my own little world with it. It, it was as if the spirit of council of learning by doing had actually taught me how to do the council work. And it taught me in such a way that I was, that I felt in alignment, as I say, with these people who were very experienced. And that was very affirming and confirming to me to continue and to know the value of it. And so, I spent uh, maybe two, two or so years with the, the elders, and it just seemed clear to me that my course to continue would be to, to be a trainer um, in the way that I would, would work and or was working. It seemed to make sense, and, and there were agreements, and there was, uh, you know, my path opened up, and in 2013 I, I was confirmed as a trainer. It's not something I ever considered I would do. Uh, as I said, it was a surprise to me. And yet it nourishes so many parts of me that uh, it's not something that I will ever not or ever stop doing. For sure, there are challenges of being a council trainer and one, t one has to uh, understand that if you are training people, you have to live it, of course. And the challenges of there mostly come when one is out of a out of agreements with people, you know, we don't sit in circles, or we don't speak this language, or we don't, we're not looking for the highest outcome. Mm. And that you know, one has to to be in the practice of remaining in the council field, and it's not easy. I don't find it easy, uh, especially in the in the moments of immediate reaction. But uh, I come back to it, and back to it, and back to it, and that and that's uh, the, there's the the wonderful. The gift. Mm. Um, as, as, as we all know, the European Council Network is really a network of little hubs and little local networks throughout Europe and Israel. So you were one that really helped the Portuguese, Portuguese network to come into being. Is that right? And how, how did that go about? How did that happen? So it's really, um, I find often on this journey that I accompany myself and I sort of witness, so, you know, what's Rob doing now uh, over periods of time? 
And I, I noticed that I, this spirit is very strong. It comes through very strongly uh, to me to move, to connect people, to uh, support networks, community building, wherever people are gathered together. It's of real interest to me to, as to what holds them together, you know, because conflict, diversity, uh, you know, it, it, these things are totally natural and necessary, but uh, it's what keeps people together rather than those things splitting them apart. And this is what I find council does so well, um, if people are committed, of course, to, to the practice. And so building networks seem to, be, uh, seem to be a way forward because it's about, council is about the wisdom of the group. It's in the circle. It's not in the one or the two uh, so much. Um, of course, it's there. We all have our part to contribute, but it's really in the group, in the, in the group mind or the, the body of the, of the people. And nature, of course. So, in my particular life circumstances, there was also this wish to travel. Uh, it's in my blood. It's always, always been there. And so I combined the, the two. I decided that I wouldn't base myself in one place and people come to me. It would rather that I would go to people. And the advantage of that was, of course, I would go to where people were already with their communities or their um, particular groups. Because there's an advantage, of course, being already in a group and introducing counsel or, or way to communicate. Uh, there's already relationships built up. Um, so that that's an advantage. And I found myself traveling for 10 years all over Europe and, of course, further into the Americas. And, um, go, with, or go where often I was called. And that way made many relationships, many friendships and... Um, I, I sort of liken it somehow to throwing seeds around. And uh, that analogy I like because it, the seeds fall. Okay, so they're coming through with the filters that Rob brings, the, the filters that has been gifted to Rob by the elders and by the practice. But the seeds fall on the ground and they resonate to what's there in the language, in the ways of, the, of, of that particular place, that particular country. And uh, as those seeds grow, they they need a little watering here and there, but it's uh, it's 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 its own life. Uh, so the people there who grow it, uh, who are growing with it, uh, they're the ones who do it their way. Um, I, I or others might just come every now and to water a bit, if necessary, and that leads me into the final image of the of the line, let's say, of of receiving something and handing it on. So I, I've received so much, again, from the elders and those who've, who've been practicing longer than I have, and even shorter. I mean, you know, I received these gifts from all peoples, or whatever level they are with it. And the spirit of counsel, and it's for me to offer it forward, offer it on. And to encourage that also in the people that I meet. You know, receive, give it on, receive, pass it on, pass it on. And that brings me back to the planetary consciousness of the circle, the great, great circle of life, um, the gifts that it gives us and that we are invited or um, yeah, invited to, to share and to pass on. Wow, <laughs> lovely. Just got a little lost in the imagery of the journey there. Beautiful. What does the council work as a trainer? What does it look like? you today what what do you do oh, good point how can you train <laughs> <laughs> well that's been a struggle uh, 
because I think for me, I'm very, it's very rooted in embodiment for me. Mm. So not, it was not uh, something for me to go via a third party, you know, mm. as in technology. It never really crossed the mind. Of course, well, there's two things there. Just to continue with one little thread there. Um, so yes, for me, the embodiment of the practice of sitting with a person in presence, presence of nature, of place, and the person, or people, or with oneself even, or tree, that's really where the connection lies in, in that, that kind of uh, immediacy. Now, coming back to the technology, of course, with the situation in the world at the moment, um, we are sort of rather both encouraged and forced to use uh, the technology in order to stay in some connection with those people that, who are not in our immediate vicinity and who can't travel, or we can't travel to them. And, uh, of course, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful gift that we can still feel so connected through the heart through that technology, it doesn't seem that physical distance has any impediment to the feeling of love and connection. Mm. Uh, but for me, the, pro the problem is more about the embodiment. So I, I do miss the physical presence of. So um, the technology has helped us to uh, stay connected. It kind of works. <laughs> and for the moment, it's, it's, it's okay. But I'm planning, and our others, I'm sure, for the moment when we can actually be together. So my work moves towards nature-based practices, solo time in nature, telling the stories and uh, the meeting points and hanging out, you know, where an awful lot of uh, communication does happen. Last year, I, I, I just everything stopped. Mm. For me, I, I felt, oh, I don't have a vision for this. I don't know how to move forward in this. So in that case, I'm not going to do anything. But, there, there, but having said that, there were a couple of uh, little initiatives that came out of that. There was another couple of guys here in the Portuguese network. Uh, we were all thinking the same along the same lines, got in touch with each other with the same idea. We need to offer councils online for those people who are feeling isolated and uh, cut off. And uh, this staying community initiative came out of that. I think it has has some impact. So things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just stay a little bit uh, around this question. What, um, from a broader perspective, maybe, oh, how did the practice of council survive or adapt to the situation? What, what in your experience, and also maybe what you heard or saw, experienced in the network? Well, I, I, I don't see too much going on. Um, the odd thing is happening online. I suppose also the, the other invitation from the world situation is, okay, uh, certainly for me, is uh, okay, so maybe not so much traveling and more to do with being local. So find the people who are in your local area and be much more with the land in your locality. And in, in some ways that's, that's also helping since the world was getting faster and faster and people were moving around such a lot. Um, something gets lost in the journey, in that journey, whereas staying at home, let's say home, if we have the, um, if we have the privilege or opportunity to be in a little bit of nature or, or to find ourselves in a spacious place in this no moving time, then, you know, that is for us to, to invites us to sort of go, 
uh, a lot more inward and also to look at what's immediately around and really connect with that. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And this is touching on my next question. Um, how can the council, the practice of council serve in these times of uncertainty, confusion, transformation, not knowing what's going to happen next and how we're getting back to a new normal, an old normal? How how is council? Where's council's place here? What do you think? What do you say? Yeah, I don't, well, in that case, I don't think anything's changed uh, in the need. <laughs> Nothing at all. It's just become more and more, ever more important. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's my short answer <laughs> to that. Mm, so, what would your hope or your prayer, or wish, your vision? the way of counsel be then for the future and for these times and for the future so I, I come back to my when, when I say about the spirit of counsel and the way did it when it comes through me or what I notice as I say Rob doing and where where's it going and what seems to be emerging and has been for quite a bit of time is a vision to see that the practice of counsel is common uh, again in every town, city, village, dwelling, relationship, partnership. Uh, it's a natural way again to be uh, to be doing things, mm. um, which seems to have been I don't I forgot I don't know what right word is forgotten or left behind or uh, in the speed of let's say Western society, because of course the indigenous peoples are holding on to their practices and ceremonies as, as best they can, you know, in, in some of the difficulties, that, the challenges that they have. But in the Western part, there's this speeding, speeding so fast that sitting down, listening to often silence and or um, presence uh, isn't so practiced. And for me, that's where actually more information comes, certainly more considered, uh, impactful moments of something important that arises, either in the stories or the images or the consideration of listening through another's voice or the, the sound of their voice. So those things are encouraged in, of course, the networking efforts that have been made. And generally, of course, the more people that are practicing counsel and that commit to the path, the path being, oh, I feel like I, I'm called to do this. Um, can you help me? And after some time, we say yes. Of course, not. We say yes, of course, straight away. But um, after some time, we say we recognize each other and uh, we trust each other to go our different ways with the counsel work, and that more and more people will be reached and touched by by, by such work and action. Mm. Yeah. So the vision is that uh, perhaps we don't go so much for uh, following everything that's directed from, let's say, politics or government or gurus, or but we are coming more from into what's emerging in our little circle inside my own heart and in our group. What's the wisdom here? What do we what do we follow? What do we consider to be important? What are the important things? So, you know, for me, a very important thing is to give people autonomy in their areas and groups uh, to know what's best. 
So we're getting to another conversation here, I think. But uh, but uh, yes, to come back to this vision of, of it being a commonality among people as a practice. You mentioned before that you're actually envisioning for your own work something that supports this vision. Would you like to share a bit about that? What is next for you in your own work? Well, we're, we are planning, of course, subject to the universe having other plans, but uh, <laughs> there will be gatherings of people uh, for a few days here and there on the land where I am current, currently staying. And in those days, we uh, will introduce some council work, some embodiment practices, invite nature walks, and perhaps even some fasting, just to enable people to be out of the speed and out of the so much the immediate anxiety of what's happening globally, mm -hmm. and more in the immediacy of the, of the present and local field. We're planning uh, some weeks before the summer and just after the summer, when it's not so hot, because it can get very hot here and very dry. Mm. And the, we'll see what wants to emerge, you know, because these things, we can come with a plan, but it's also kind of adaptive to what's people, what are people's needs. So we will want to remain responsive to that, uh, and that by that learn what, what is happening in the, in the consciousness of of uh, people in their relations. Well, it sounds like a plan. Sounds lovely. Um, yeah. Is there anything you would like to share about the practice, about yourself, what's with you with the, at the moment? Um, yeah, just this uh, continual reminder to to listen. That that I need to listen and. Uh, uh, and if nothing's coming, to keep listening, uh, not to give up or give, become frustrated, which are things that arise in me every now and then. Um, to continue listening, even if it's an indeterminate time, what what other thing I can better do would only come through the listening, I think. Uh, so that's my way or my conduit or funnel for which I go to to receive um, and of course listening it can come in many ways it's not just counsel uh, taking a walk listening to a friend uh, meditating many ways thank you I think that's a wrap <laughs> thank you for sitting down with me thank you for sharing your wisdom yeah all the best for your work and Thank you. Thanks, Andrea. It's really, it's really a pleasure to, uh, to offer such an opportunity and, and to talk to you as well. Thank you.